What's up, guys? This is Fear the Father, where I talk about God in hopes to empower young men in Christ. My name is Tanner, and I'm here with the guys from the 43 Project. And this week, we're going to be talking about self-control. Self-control is uh, sometimes, you know, a difficult topic to talk about, especially when you're talking about lapses in self-control in your own life um, and the struggles that you've gone through in trying to exercise self-control. As you get older and older, it seems to come more naturally and easy, but in our younger days, we definitely lack a lot of self-control. I think that's a very stereotypical statement, I would say, but for the vast majority, that tends to be true. I know it definitely rang true for me in my uh, younger days. So I just wanted to touch on that and uh, explain to you guys how important self-control is and how a relationship with God can help you accomplish self-control and the benefits of exercising self-control. The first thing that I want to start out by saying is uh, there's a verse here called First Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 10.13 that says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. So the reason why I want to start there is because I just want everybody to know that like no matter what you're going through or what temptations you're facing or where you feel like you lack self-control, this message isn't to make you feel guilty or to feel down about yourself. I'm hoping that I can uplift you guys and give you guys a way to see a light at the end of the tunnel, if you will, or a way to get through what you're going through. And the reason why I shared that verse is because I just want you to know that you're not alone and there are countless people out there in the world that are going through exactly what you're going through or have gone through something similar. And I know that if you're building Christ-like relationships or relationships in your community in Christ, in the church, or through your friends, those people that have gone through those similar circumstances are going to be super eager to reach out to you and help you through them because uh, that's just what the body of Christ does. You know, we're one in him and we're here for each other. And uh, so I just encourage that if you feel like you're really struggling with a temptation of some kind, and you need guidance or you need support to reach out to your fellow believers because that's what we're here for. So again, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. So I know I suffered a lot with self, uh, with lack of self-control more so when I was in college and at the end of my high school career, I started to do things that uh, weren't exactly the best for my life. And I didn't really have a super strong community in Christ. I also didn't have a strong relationship with God. So I didn't really realize how some of my small decisions were going to lead to having a larger impact on my life uh, down the road and how some of the decisions that I made would end up snowballing into larger uh, addictions and really mountains that I had to climb instead of just tackling the anthill right at the beginning with that first temptation that I faced. So... Things in life don't have to be bad to have a negative effect on your life. The reason why I say that is because a lot of times we'll say yes or no to something that's very small and not realize the ripple effect that that's going to have on our lives. That's kind of what I was just touching on when I said like, you know, you're going to make small decisions in life and those can have a drastic impact on your future and the decisions that you continue to make. I really feel like in my life, as soon as I gave up self-control or like succumbed to peer pressure one time, it became easier and easier and easier to do in the future, right? It was that first lack of self-control that led to me re releasing more of my self-control to others and allowing them to make some of the decisions for me. Kind of the way that I've had all these uh, choices painted a picture in my mind for me by uh, my stepdad is he gave me this example. Like, Say you're 
I think that most of our followers are from West Michigan. So say that we're trying to drive to Detroit, right? And you get on the highway and you're headed over to Detroit and that's your end goal. You can take any number of exits along the way to get to Detroit. You know, you could take probably almost a hundred different exits to get to Detroit and just end up taking back roads or whatever. And that's kind of what these decisions are like in your life and your chances to exercise self-control. Like every time you surrender your self-control and do something that's not appealing to God's will, uh, you're taking one of those detours or taking one of those exits before you should have and just taking a less efficient way to get to where God has willed for your life and his purpose that he has for you. So I know personally for me, I took a lot of exits and a lot of wrong turns and had to do a lot of backtracking to get to where I am now and and get me on the right path to just continual growth. And it caused a lot of heartache and turmoil in my life and in my family's life and for the people that I love and care about. So hopefully this will help you stay on the highway and get as close to Detroit as you can before you take an exit as a metaphor there. So in John 10, 10, it says the devil will use both good and bad things in your life to steal, kill and destroy. That's just a paraphrase, but that's his goal, right? That's that's all that he wants to do is is to steal, kill, and destroy you and your life and your relationships. And that's his only goal. And so he will do that by any means necessary. It doesn't matter what it is. So I think about like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, right? The first way that he got us to sin and to commit evil and to relinquish our self-control and not do God's will was by giving us a gift, or at least that's how he painted it, right? He made it seem like it was a good thing for our lives. And he convinced us that with this apple, we could have the knowledge of good and evil, a gift that he was going to give us that was going to work out for our benefit. But obviously that didn't happen and that wasn't the case, right? It opened our lives to all of the sin, set us on this journey of having to chase after redemption and grace from God. Some of the things that I think that are, uh, you know, good things that can be used for bad things in your life or God can use, or I'm not, sorry, not God, the devil can use to like exploit you and take advantage of you and get you to relinquish your self-control is, um, for one is like sexual intercourse, you know, it's a beautiful thing in marriage and it's a great expression of love. If you have that specific someone that you're going to be with, you know, it's a great opportunity to connect with them on an emotional level and on a physical level as well. But outside of marriage, a lot of times it just leads to to hurt and turmoil and feeling left empty, you know, as you're doing something that God has not called you to do outside of marriage. And, uh, yeah, it just isn't glorifying to him. Another is, uh, food, you know, food is great. We need food. We all need to eat. Obviously you need food to survive, but gluttony is also a sin and it leads to being, uh, out of shape. It can lead to other health issues like diabetes and that sort of thing, and it has a lot of negative consequences on our lives. And people don't think really about that, especially in America, where I think every portion size we've ever been given is way bigger than we need. But gluttony is a sin, and it just teaches you to go above and beyond what you need and, and to be greedy, even as, in something as simple as food that will eventually expand and apply to other areas in your life as you want more and more and more instead of being good stewards of what we've been given and being thankful for what we have. Another one, and one that I really struggled with in college, and I know a lot of other people do, is alcohol and prescription medication. Although they're not inherently bad things, like the disciples and Jesus, they drank, and prescription medication does a lot of good for a lot of people, and I think that if you need it, you should definitely be taking it. 
Um, so they're not inherently bad things, you know, they help a ton of people, but if you overconsume them or you use them, uh, in an abusive way, they can really have a negative impact on your life for sure. For me, you know, alcohol really had a strong grip on me while I was in college. When I graduated high school, I was a little bit of a nerdy guy. I wasn't as social as I had wanted to be. And I found that having a few beers here and there would help me to loosen up and, and to socialize more, help me talk to girls, help me make guy friends, help me uh, just engage with other people. And it started out very innocently, just having a couple beers here and there. Um, and it quickly escalated out of, out of control, you know, to the point where I was drinking pretty heavily in college. Well before I was 21, I was going to the bars. I was buying alcohol for myself and for others. And uh, it just led to a lot of darkness. You know, it seemed like it was fine at the time. And I was able to go down that path for years and years and years before I realized that it just was not taking me to where I needed to go. And it made it that much harder to get out of that rut and to get out of that hole because I had traveled so far down it. And uh, the same thing with the prescription medication. I was never even really prescribed any medication, but I saw that as a way that I could abuse alcohol and other recreational drugs and go out and party and have a good time and then take prescription drugs to get me through my day in the form of Adderall or whatever it was or Xanax or something like that. Like whatever I needed, I felt like there was a substance that I could put in my body to level me out. That's just not sustainable. It just doesn't work that way. And after years and years of doing that, it really wore me down mentally and physically and emotionally and left me in probably the darkest place in my life, I would say, where I was really struggling to find purpose in my life and to figure out what I was supposed to be doing with my life and feeling the most empty and unfulfilled that I I ever have. You know, that pretty much hitting that rock bottom and getting to the end of that road there was what has caused me to turn back to Christ and to give my life to him and realize that if I want joy and I want sustainability in my life, it's going to come in the form of a relationship with God, not in abusing those substances. And uh, I know that there are a ton of people that struggle with that, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. It, it is what it is. And I just want you to know that you're not alone, and God is there just waiting to welcome you with open arms and to to love on you and help you start that healing process and getting back to a place where you can be joyful in any situation and be joyful and just yourself and build self-confidence and uh yeah start loving on yourself the way god loves on you i think of the story of the prodigal son if you haven't heard the story of the prodigal son you should google that or look that up i'm not going to go into detail about that but it's just a parable about how anxious god is to celebrate the return of one of his lost children so no matter how far you've gone down any path or whatever sins you've committed, just know that God is wanting to take you back. I think it's interesting that God will forgive us for all of our sins. And it says in the Bible that he casts them into the sea and he completely forgets about them. And it's only us that remember all the things that we've done in our past and our sinful ways. And I think that's just a tool of the devil to make us feel guilty and make us feel like we're not worthy of God's love when in reality... He has thrown all of those past sins out as soon as you've asked for forgiveness and he's ready to help you move forward and to continue to repair your life and get on a healthy path. All of these things I mentioned really just lead to us uh, abandoning self-control and forming negative habits and practices. And 
like I kind of said about alcohol, you know, it happened with other things as well. As soon as you start to just let a little bit of it into your life, if you don't have self-control, it can quickly spiral out of control, right? I'm not saying you shouldn't drink. And I'm not saying that, like I said, if you're prescribed medication that you shouldn't be taking it, you definitely should. It's just important to make sure that you're using them for the right reasons and doing them for the right reasons. And you're maintaining that self-control so that it never becomes something that is in control of you rather than you being in control of it. In Proverbs 24.10, it says, If you faint on the day of adversity, your strength is small. And I think that that is just very blatant and straightforward in what it's saying there is that you're going to face temptations and you're going to face, uh, you know, you're going to face... I'm drawing a blank, man. I can't think of it. When Yeah, adversity, uh, peer pressure. That's what I was looking for. You're going to face peer pressure, and that's undoubtable. You're going you're gonna to face it in the church, in the church community. You're going to face it in your community of friends outside of the church. You're going to face it in every asset of your or facet of your life, your work relationships, whatever that is. And so it's just important to continue to be in the word and to be uh, striving for a relationship with God so that he can support you and guide you through those decisions and help you realize what his will is for your life in those snap decision moments when you have to say yes or no right away and it catches you off guard. If you're having a good relationship with him, he will continue to uh, guide you through those times. And in John 8, 31, 32, it says, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because that's kind of how to have that relationship with God, is to be reading the word of God and to be in your Bible and to be... You, I mean, you don't have to, like, memorize every scripture in the Bible by any means, but as you're reading it, you'll notice that certain scriptures apply to certain areas in your life, and as you're faced with these temptations, you can kind of apply them in those areas and they just serve as a constant reminder of what God wants us to do with our lives so that we're making the right choices. So as I said earlier, the devil doesn't care really how he gets to us, um, how he gets us to sin as long as he gets us off the path to Christ. I heard the analogy that every one mile of road has two miles of ditch. And so the devil is looking to pull you off the road however he can and get you in the ditch and get you down. And... Uh, uh, this is just a, a funny joke, I guess. I don't even know what you would call it. But there's a reason why there's a rock song called The Stairway to Heaven and A Highway to Hell. You can only fit one person on a stairway up to heaven, but you can have as many cars as you want going on a highway to hell. It's way easier to get to hell than it is to heaven. And so it's important that we are striving to make the right choices and do the right things with every opportunity that we get. I would say also that the devil's you know most commonly used tool is temptation. Uh, he hunts us like a lion waiting and stalking his prey to strike at any moment when we least expect it. He can tempt us in so many ways. As I talked about, he can tempt us with money. He can tempt us with greed. Like I talked about with food, you know, like eating too much food and having that open the door for just a little bit of greed can then lead to greed that consumes people. I've seen so many people that are just filled with greed and make decisions based on their greediness rather than doing the right thing. And it just leads to a lot of hurt in their life. The Bible talks about it a lot as well. In 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, the love of money is the root of all evil. And I think that's a pretty profound statement for the Bible to say that money literally is the root of all evil. I would think it would make more sense if it was like the devil is the root of all evil or sin is the root of all evil. But it says that money is the root of all evil. And 
in in 21st century America, I think that so many people are worshiping money and on Instagram looking at famous people or whatever thinking, I wish that I had this, I wish that I had that. If only I made a little bit more money, I'd be happy. I could get that a bigger apartment or that new car or the clothes that I want to make me feel good. And none of those material possessions are going to fill the void that God is just anxiously waiting to fill. And so, yeah, kind of to just wrap things up, I just want to remind everybody that the devil is going to be is going to be coming after you. It's not like to scare you or anything, but he's real. He's there and he's in every aspect of life, just like joy and happiness and God's presence can be in every aspect of life. You know, we're living in a physical world with a spiritual battle going on around us every day. And so I just wanted to remind you guys that. You know, the devil is going to use lots of different things. Some of them at face value will seem good, and then they'll later reveal themselves as evil. Um, and these can be people, opportunities, coping mechanisms that become addictions, and the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. So it's just really important to remain in the Word and to be studying the Bible and trying to discern God's will for your life with every opportunity that you get. You're going to face a lot of decisions in life. Not starting now, you've already started making these decisions. So if you feel like you've made some that haven't been having the best impact on you, you can always you can always pray to God and ask for forgiveness and, and start over. And if you stumble, that's all right. You'll have people there to help you get back up. And most importantly, God will be extending a hand to help you get back up and be ready to forgive you and help you move forward and just continue to fight the good fight and continue on the path toward a life that glorifies God. So... Just keep keep staying in the Word and keep making those right decisions every chance you get. And as you do that more and more and more, your character and integrity will shine and it will become more natural and you'll be living a, a God-glorifying life quicker than you could ever imagine. Yo, guys, thanks for listening. If this message really spoke to you and you feel like you wanted to reach out to me and uh, talk about some things that are going on in your life or some temptations or struggles that you are facing, you just feel like you need to reach out to somebody and get something off your chest. I'm always here to listen, and I'd be happy to try to speak some of God's holy word into your life and see if we can help you through this time of turmoil. I can be reached at fearthefather at 43.tech. Again, that's fearthefather at F-O-R-T-Y, the number three, dot tech. I'm always reachable. I'm always here for you guys. I love all my followers and, and listeners. So if you guys feel like you need to speak to somebody, Hit me up. I'll do the best I can to try to give you some godly advice and, and get you through the times that you're going through. Obviously, it's strength in community and strength in numbers. So I'm, I want you guys to know that I'm here for you. And I want to say thanks again for listening. I appreciate you all that tune in. If you guys like today's message and it spoke to you or you feel like it could impact someone in your life, go ahead and share, subscribe, and hit us with a five-star rating, and we'll be hearing from you.